This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unsigned and Independent. And so this is a, a show where Kickoff Kevin goes and talks to artists who you think they have something going on, they just haven't been discovered yet, right? Correct. And a lot of them are spending their own money to fund their career until somebody steps in to help them in whatever way that is. Yeah. Would you say most are looking for like a record deal or a publishing deal or most that you talk to have one or both? I would say most are not like searching and seeking for it unless the right opportunity comes along. Dang, that must be awesome. Yeah. Because I was always seeking for money. I know. Yeah, I was like, I'll do anything. What do you want me to be? Yeah. Uh, so tell me about Samika. Samika has got the social media thing dialed down where she has a couple outlets, a YouTube show, and she went viral show? for yeah, a show, like a cooking, kind of like a funny little wow. show. It's like little clips here and there. And then she went viral when she first moved to Nashville. For and cooking or for music? No, for music. She made a video in her car where she went to the store and this guy said something to her, welcome to America, because she came from L.A. And it was just a funny video. You've probably seen it before, actually. So, And then she went viral. That's how I came across her. So she's got the whole thing down. She is a first-generation Indian-American who moved to Nashville earlier this year to pursue her music career. And again, this is very much about being good, but marketing yourself through social media, through different ways, and all with the idea of leading people to her music. Exactly. Even if she's cooking a quiche, it's to get people to her music. Exactly. I don't even know if she cooks quiche. It's probably been on there. But I just say cooking a quiche, that's uh, alliteration almost. I don't even really know what a quiche is. You know what? I've had some and I don't either. That's the thing. All right, here she is, unsigned and independent. It is Samika here with Kickoff Kevin. Samika, how are we doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, good. I want to start this off with how I came across you. Yes. <laughs> of course. Like so many other things um, nowadays, it's social media. Mm-hmm. I had a friend actually send me a video of yours. He's from, I grew up in California like yourself, mm-hmm. which we'll get into a little bit, but I knew him from California. And he sent me this video because you posted a video about how you just moved to Nashville. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how he came across it. And he's like, hey, this video is funny. And it was a video of you 
talking about moving to Nashville and somebody says like you came or you said I came from California and somebody said what do they say how does it feel to like be free or something like that yeah he said um I so it was at a thrift shop and I just I told the guy I was really excited that I was here and I was like hey I just moved here from LA and then he said um oh Laurel Alabama like I heard it's real nice down there (laughs) Like, no, it's from California, but, and then anyway, he just said, welcome to America. And I said, thanks, you know, (laughs) thank you, sir. Um, But yeah, that video, that's so funny. That video went so crazy and I really had no expectation of it. And then it just like started something on social media. And how many views have, what's your latest number on that? Honestly, I posted it everywhere. So I think on Instagram, it had like three and a half million on TikTok. It was at three and a half, almost four. And then on YouTube, some politician reposted it. His And it became his most viewed video. And then I think that one has like five or six million. No way. I know. know. It was so wild. So you post that, obviously. It was like a really nice, warm welcome (laughs) to Nashville. But yeah, it was crazy. But you, you post that without expecting it to do what it did. Yeah. So when did you, like, was it one of those you hear about where you post this video, you go to bed and you wake up the next day and you're like, holy crap, this has got over a million views. Yeah. Was it one of those or did you see it kind of coming together or did it take a while? Like some people it post just, stuff. Like, it kept going. Like I went to the DMV the other day. Literally, I posted that video. I've been here for now almost like three months. And at the DMV, the lady at the DMV was like, I just saw you on TikTok. Really? <laughs> like, this is the DMV. <laughs> I don't look nice. Like. Don't say that. Yeah. So how many people have noticed you from that video? Like so many. Especially in Nashville? Yeah. Especially in Nashville and New York. I went to New York. Um, Yeah. It just really helped people kind of also just come to the page and see that I make music and all of the other things that I do. So it was pretty crazy though. Yeah. Because that's how I obviously came to you, like I said, and then I saw your musician and I started listening to your music and watching Mm -hmm. your videos and We'll get into some of your other stuff too. Uh, you make all kinds of videos and all, all kinds, kinds of content. Yeah. <laughs> and, stuff. and it's intriguing. I mean, you do a great job at it. Thanks. You have what, over 190,000 followers on TikTok, 190,000 on Instagram. I mean, you're yeah. up there. And with all that being said, you've been here for a few months. You said three months. And mm-hmm. how is America? What did they say? America. It's been you? good. You know, I first when he said that, I didn't really understand. And then now that I've been here, I'm like, okay, I had a little bit of a culture shock um and i actually really like it though everybody's been so nice and so warm southern hospitality as i'm sure you know is a real thing Mm -hmm. um so it's been good it's it's starting to feel a little more like home which we love yeah yeah did you move out here by yourself (laughs) um i basically yeah yeah and you live by yourself and you're doing everything by yourself you're an independent artist obviously that's why you're on here yeah What's the Nashville scene musically been like for you in comparison to L.A.? And how long were you in L.A. first? Let's go there. I was in L.A. for um, about six years, seven years. And um, I was there. I was from the I'm from the Bay. And then I moved to L.A. for six, seven years. And I was doing the whole music thing. And then, um, yeah, it's been interesting out here. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. In what way? Um, just music wise, it's been really nice. I mean, in L.A., I was working with a lot of people that um, it was hard to find people that kind of made the same music I did. And I find it a lot easier here to find people like that. What kind of music is that? Just more live music because Nashville is kind of the capital of live music. Mm-hmm. So it um, 
it helps to have commonality with the people who are making music. I think LA is really good if you're into more um, like house music, more DJ vibes, R&B, hip hop. Like it's really good for there. I was just told to write over beats over there. But here I get to take my songs that I wrote on guitar and and kind of create something with other people here. So what moment did it hit you in LA where you said, I think I need to move to Nashville? Did you visit here before? I was. I was coming out here every few weeks and for weeks at a time. So it kind of was pretty natural just to make the move. It was super spontaneous and it just, I was here all the time. So it kind of felt right. Yeah. And you haven't looked back since in three months? I haven't looked back since. (laughs) I've been going to New York a lot just because a lot of my best friends live out there and it feels a little more homey sometimes, but um yeah, I haven't gone back to California yet. So Not at all. <laughs> no, not uh, yet. Okay. Do you miss it? I do. Yeah. Is your family in the Bay or in LA? All in the Bay. Okay. Yeah. And then all of my um like best friends that I made in LA, they're all still in LA. So that way it's been hard to kind of meet cl- or create close friends here, but that's comes with just moving to a new place. So And you talk about that on some of your videos that you have yeah. on YouTube. So <laughs> What's uh well you know what first let's talk about a few things that you do you do a lazy girl series as yes, well is that I your do. what started first you have a lazy girl well first explain the lazy girl series I know for, it's so it's, random it's funny. <laughs> thanks so basically I was posting all this music stuff online and I realized that um people don't really go online all the time just to listen to music so I was like okay maybe I should start telling stories and doing other things that I like. And I just posted one video on TikTok. It was a lazy girl doll. So it was an easy way to make uh, uh, Indian food. And it's just like super chaotic cooking. I was burning food on the internet and it just did really well. And people really related. And then I was like, okay, what else can I make? And I didn't know how to make anything. And that's why it's so chaotically wild cooking. Um, But I do that. And yeah, it's crazy that that kind of, (laughs) started blowing up i know where did that inspiration come from for you was it just kind of winging it or it was one of my cousins i was visiting my cousin and i told her like i just i feel like i'm finally an adult like i just realized how to make doll like one thing and she asked me how to do it and i was like oh don't worry i'll make a video for you and then i made a video and yeah i sent it to her and i'm like here you go (laughs) and it does very well i mean When, like I said, when I came across your page and I saw those videos, and I was like, oh, she does more than music. And yeah. you see these cooking videos, and then obviously you post quite a bit of those. So it's a whole series, and they, do, is, yeah. they do well for you. And they're funny. Thanks. They're funny. So can you actually cook, or is it just winging things? Honestly, sometimes they come out good. I mean, actually, at the end, they're always good. I kind of fix it, but it's like a mess just the whole time. So <laughs> I don't even know at this point. And do you have somebody help you out with those as far as filming and production? Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Basically. <laughs> That's funny. Go check her out. That's all on YouTube and your Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can follow her at Samika Music. We'll get to as well. Um, going back to music here, who were some of your inspirations growing up? I mean, did your was your family involved in music? Is that where it started at a young age? So my grandma's from my mom's side and my dad's side both sing. So... I was always, and my sister sings super, super well, uh, my older sister. And so music was always a thing in our household. My mom was an Indian classical dancer growing up. Um, she did this dance called Gatak, and we kind of grew up in dance studios with Indian music all around. And then 
just being raised in America, born and raised here, we grew up with, you know, normal radio station music as well. So it was always around and I just listened to all different kinds of music. And so I think that kind of translates into the music that I make now too. It's a little bit of everything. Did you have a certain artist or group that you wanted to, or that you admired as a child? Um, I loved like Avril Lavigne, nice. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson, uh, Taylor Swift when she first came out. Um, just all of so many different people. And then there was like Green Day, Simple Plan, Good Charlotte, all these boy bands, you know, um, like emo bands that would come onto the scene. And so, yeah, it was a bit all over really. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what your music reflects. I mean, I don't know where to really put I don't know either. People always ask me. Right, which <laughs> no which is a good thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, it really is a good thing. It's good, especially nowadays, I feel like, with the social media and with the people you're able to reach without even a radio play, where as long as you put what you want to put out there, people will come across your videos and your music, and whether it's with a mm-hmm. lazy girl and then they get onto your music yeah. kind of thing. How has that been for you, just being able to use social media to put the music that you want to put out there? Honestly, I've been doing everything myself independently so it's really freeing to use social media and decide when I want to release a song and what content I want to create around it and nobody's really telling me how to do it and I've gone through a lot of trial and error to figure out what works and what doesn't Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been really nice social media is definitely the only way that I've been able to start to break through and I really don't know how anybody else did it before but It's been really helpful for me. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. 
Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you had any influences since you've been in Nashville yet? People you've looked up to, worked with so far. I know you're still fairly new. Yeah. Um, but the great thing about the city is I feel like if you make connections, mm-hmm. a lot of people are willing to help you out here. Yeah, a lot of people. And um, a lot of people are just so nice and just, like as you said, just willing to help and they know a guy who knows a guy, you know, and so all of that kind of starts and that has started for me. So um, it's been really good. Are you playing anywhere out here right now? I am. I'm going to play Whiskey Jam. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and so I hit up Ward, who's like the guy in charge mm-hmm. and sent him some of my stuff. And he's like, okay, cool. Here's a open date for you. So yeah, it'll be fun. How does that go about then for you for an independent artist like reaching out to somebody local because i mean whiskey jam is a local national thing but mm-hmm. they're getting i mean pretty nationwide now they're traveling with luke combs yeah and, you know yeah. doing opening acts for him do you just literally just email or message war so i emailed a bunch of different venues to play and nobody responded and then i messaged whiskey jam on instagram and then they responded and it was uh yeah ward so he was like, here, text me. Here's my number. And so I just hit him up. And, um, but yeah, just again, all really? on social media. And Crazy. That, that's awesome. And then yeah. just welcome you with open arms, like I said, and just giving you a shot. Yeah. Is really cool of him to do. Whiskey Jam. I mean, they're great. Everybody knows all their, their stuff is really good. Have you had a moment, not even here in Nashville, because it's still very new, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in LA where you thought, I don't know if music's something I want to do anymore? Um, I never had a moment of, I don't want to do it anymore. It was almost like, why is it not happening for me right now? It was never a moment of, it's not going to happen. It's just like, oh, I'm just not at the place where I need to be yet. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, but I, I've really tried to shift out of that mindset. And I think the minute I kind of let go and let things like I never thought that these story videos or a cooking video was going to be the way that somebody would find me and listen to my music. But it just comes to show like you just have to try everything and just keep at it. And you never know how it's going to happen. But as long as you know that it will, it eventually will. How long did it take you to build up that social media following? So I've been doing it for years as you know, just as all of us kind of have been on social media now. But 
really it's bl- it's blown up the past year and a half i'd say maybe just a year really? just about so yeah still fairly new still really new yeah okay yeah it's pretty exciting still <laughs> <laughs> it's not old yet <laughs> <laughs> but it's got to be exhausting right i've talked about this oh, a yeah, couple times totally. on, on on this podcast and me personally like i n- I, I don't post every day because it's just exhausting. But mm-hmm. for an artist like yourself, like you kind of have to to remain relevant yeah. and to people will move on to the next thing if you don't post for a week or whatever it is. Yeah. That's got to be exhausting. It's super exhausting. And it takes, it's hard to balance creating music and creating content. And you have to realize that that's just the age we live in. And when you get over that hump in your mind, then you kind of realize, well, the only way people are going to listen to the music that I want people to listen to is if I do the work, which is to create the content kind of thing. So Yeah, and it's funny that you say that because a few people have said that on here where they're like, it just, I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And it's kind of getting out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And then once you realize like it, it's okay, then you kind of just get used to it and it turns into a routine almost. Yeah. 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 And, and obviously- You start to think in terms of, you know, just- I have to record this video today and you have like a schedule and it's like a whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? You come up with all the ideas. I mean, are you laying there? Are you waking up in the middle of the night? Kind of like songwriting where you wake up with this idea and you're like, I got to film this tomorrow. Yeah. Like I'll get an idea um, and I'll write it down. It's like a, I don't, I'm not a very organized person. So I have like one note with like a million ideas and half of them, I don't even know what I was saying. So <laughs> <laughs> probably a lot of missed opportunities, but yeah, just kind of uh, anything that you think of, I, anything that I think of, I just write it down. And if I want to do it, I do. If not, then no, it's a good try. <laughs> <Move on. laughs> what do you enjoy more, making music or cooking videos? Oh gosh. No, definitely making music. (laughs) Just making sure. Yeah. No, definitely music. I mean, I do have to eat, you know, you got to eat. So might as well record it. (laughs) That's the one thing with food is like everybody can relate to food. Yeah. Kind of like music, but in a different way, right? Totally. Totally different way. You're feeding your soul in a different way, I guess. Yeah, exactly. What are some of your goals out here then? Like your mindset coming in, what was your mindset coming in from LA? I'm moving to Nashville and this is what I want to do. Like, what is that thing that you want to do or make it? Um... I think for me, I moved out here because, again, like what I was saying a bit earlier, the people that I was working with out here just kind of got it. And I've kind of struggled, at least in L.A. I was writing songs on my guitar and I would take them to producers and kind of say, like, this is what can we create something around it? And they would say, you know, it's it sounds great. Acoustic. You should just put it out the way that it is. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I don't want to just put out. You know, just me and the guitar. I want to actually build something kind of epic around it. But um, at least for me here, I just want to meet a bunch of great songwriters, producers, and just work with as many people as I can and really grow my craft and feel like when I do walk into the room that, you know, I can hold my own and and be at that level of um, just making great music. That's definitely a goal of mine. Do you write all your songs? I do, you yeah. You do? Okay. Yeah. Where does that does that come from? Life experiences? Yeah, just, and also like dreams, like you were saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like dreaming out songs. Um, yeah, a lot of life experiences, a lot of um, just different things, you know, friends' stories that they tell me kind of turn it into something. Um, just all over, really. Yeah. And do you wake up every, or not every day, but you wake up different days and with a some type of inspiration you know kind of like a video content we were just talking mm-hmm. about and you start writing stuff down yeah is that where the your songwriting kind of comes from 
Yeah, it definitely it just comes from sitting down and sometimes it'll come out in like 30 seconds, sometimes it'll come out in 3 hours, but as long as you just sit there and kind of not fight it, um it'll eventually it'll eventually happen. Okay. And I want to go back to your family a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um Indian heritage. Yes. And can you kind of explain that more cuz you know, Nashville, it's got to be a different scene for sure. Yeah. And you're from the Bay, like you said, then LA. So what are your, I mean, what's your parents, your family? Are they very supportive of you? Yeah, they are. You know, I've been really lucky. Um, I think because growing up, my parents were always, I was always a really confused child on what I wanted to do because I told them when I was a kid that I wanted to do music. And obviously, you know, what are you going to do with a kid that wants to sing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like any parent would be like, okay, well, go back to class, you know, go do your homework. <laughs> Um, as they probably should, but yeah, I think they always kind of knew that I wanted to do music and I really felt like it was one of the only things that I felt really good at and I knew it could be a thing. And I think when they saw me take it into my own hands and kind of do the work, it wasn't just me with a dream telling people it was more like, oh, she's actually, you know, in her room writing songs and performing and putting up YouTube videos, you know, once a week, all of that, Mm -hmm. then they kind of were more on board. And um, I've been really blessed that they're super supportive. Yeah. Yeah. That always helps. Did you have a moment when you were a kid? Like I've had people in here tell me a talent show maybe or something like that. Like, did you ever have a talent show where you're (laughs) like, you entered and and, uh, you're like, yeah, this is what I really want to do. And maybe it humbled you or anything like that. You know, I did not a talent show, but that's so funny that you asked me because I actually I just am remembering this memory, but it was, I was in a really private school up until seventh grade and it was just academic focused. It was not for me. Um, And I ended up going to a public school in the middle of seventh grade where I, we moved towns and, um, and then I, there was choir for the first time. So I joined choir and I was a really, really shy kid. So every Friday you would have to at least Um, you would have to at least sing a song alone once. And every Friday we would have opportunity to do that. Uh And for months I pushed it off until finally the teacher was like, okay, you you have to, you know, sing your song in front of the class. And I sang and for months, nobody even looked at me. And then after I sang, everyone was like, whoa, you can actually sing. Like you actually should be in this class. And that was my aha moment. I was like, oh, okay, I think I'm like a good singer. (laughs) Did you have doubts going into that? Like, did you know or believe in yourself? Or did you need to hear it from other people? I think I was just like a kid and I always loved singing. But my sister was the one who was really the singer of the family Mm -hmm. and she had no fear. And um, so I was always kind of in the back, like singing harmony with her. But she was always the one to sing in front of everybody. So I don't, I think it was the first time that I I was singing alone that I was like, oh, okay. Really? Older sister? Older, yeah. Older, okay. How has she been an inspiration for you or or mentor maybe for you? Yeah, definitely. Is she still singing at all? She sings, um, but not professionally in any way. She does at like family events Mm. and everyone always bugs her to sing, but she's great. So um, yeah, she's the first person that I always send every song to and ask for her opinion because I know she'll be brutally honest. So, <laughs> so it's good to have someone who's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't release that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's great. Is she? Who's so? Who's a better singer? You know, I gotta ask that. I think we both have really different voices, okay. which is a very diplomatic answer, but it is very true. And I know she would say the same, but hers is like 
like if you want like a Whitney Houston cover that's just like pure belt and epic, she's your girl. And I I can do that, but it's not like at that, you know, that level. But um, yeah, I think we balance each other out really well. Okay, good. It's, it's funny because you say that. Your sound is a lot more soft, mm-hmm. um, quiet. And like you said, you're all... You don't have like a necessarily like, oh, I'm going to sound country. Or I'm going to sound rock. Yeah. You have different sounds for each song, which is awesome too. And we're going to talk nice. about an album that was just released. Yeah. I want to play one track real quick called Red Ferrari, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. So Red Ferrari... Drove right up the sound in Red Ferrari. What's that about? <laughs> um, Red Ferrari is a song about just kind of running away from your problems, really, and just um, kind of just leaving everything behind and and being excited about the future and leaving small town at home and kind of realizing that there's greater things to come and just living in that dream state, really. And speaking of leaving and Greater things to come. The album name is Laurel Canyon. Yes. Which is in LA. In LA, yes, right? <laughs> yeah. So I know that if if you know, if you're from LA, if you know anything about LA, you'll know mm-hmm. that. But that's obviously on purpose. Yeah. You're done yeah, with yeah. LA and then Red Ferrari. Is that you leaving in a red Ferrari from LA to Nashville or yeah, what's going on there? Why not? I like it. <laughs> um yeah, I, I named it Laurel Canyon because all the songs I wrote were all in Laurel Canyon and um, as you probably know, you just drive through this the drive through Laurel Canyon is one of a kind and and the history of Laurel Canyon is so iconic too, musically and in the seventies. And I felt like the music that I made for the project really kind of fit that time. It had like some sort of nostalgic era and sense to it. So it just made sense to name it that. And it yeah, it was like an ode to Laurel Canyon and L.A. In a good there. way, though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not necessarily in a bad blood thing. No, not at all. It was it was more like um, just the place and time for where I was and that it just made sense to timestamp it to that. And did you record that out here, though? Like you said, you wrote the song in L.A. I recorded half but... of it out okay. here and um, half of it in L.A. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do you, I mean, this is me just being totally dumbfounded the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not embarrassed to say that. Like, how do you record half of an album in one studio and then another half in a totally different state? Yeah. (laughs) So that's you obviously just buying out or getting time or whatever in a studio to record this album somewhere and then a totally different state. Mm -hmm. Is that hard to do? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so uh, that's why it was kind of the EP first, Little Canyon EP, and Mm -hmm. that was all done in LA. And I recorded that with one of my friends, Luke Kylo, and who's a producer out there. And um, we just, we recorded all those songs and then we just never were able to reconnect. I mean, he was always out of town at the same time I was, and we just never had a chance to finish out the rest of the songs. So I kind of had to reach out to other people and I had been dying to come to Nashville because I just heard so much about it. And this was when I had no following. Like, I think I had maybe like, 9,000 followers or 10,000 on Instagram, which is still, you know, a good amount, but not anything compared to now. Not 192,000. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people, nobody responded to me, to be honest. I messaged about like a hundred people and uh, honestly just one, one guy (laughs) responded. Yeah. It's different now, which, you know, I don't know if I love or hate, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, so this guy Ross, he responded and he, I just, I came out here and I just did one, the first song we did, I was like, okay, great. You completely understand what I'm going for. And we were able to finish the rest of the album. Is that tough to find a, a producer to, you have to click with them. Obviously, yeah. and I watched some of your YouTube mm-hmm. stuff when you were still in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the producer's name off the top of my head, but you went to his house, and you have to have a connection, right? I mean, I know oh, as yes, a producer uh, yeah. in radio or pod, whatever it may be, like you can't just meet somebody in two seconds and be like, "Let's make a song together." Yeah, it's it's like a very spiritual kind of thing, and 
you just have to exactly you have to click and you know immediately when you don't like you don't have another session with that person really? <laughs> yeah so do you leave there saying like hey thanks for no thanks or do you wait yeah till you like just a day? be like all right like that was fun <laughs> it always is fun but yeah that, like it just depends if you'll ever see him again or yeah, not. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's nothing personal. Yeah. What have you seen since your success? You just said, you know, you messaged all these people, you didn't hear anything, and then now it's different. So what do you mean by that? Ever since you gained this huge following, do you have people, producers and people around town reaching out to you now? Yeah, actually. Really? Funny enough, that's exactly what it is. And um, I'm really, really grateful because that was one of the hardest things that I went through was trying to find people to work with that wanted to work with someone who, you know, I, I, I know that I can sing and I know my songs are good, but how will somebody, somebody else, if I feel like sometimes people need to be told what's good nowadays. And, Mm -hmm. um, so, but that's just how it is now, I guess. Yeah. It's crazy how fast it can all change, right? I know. And I'm not even nearly at the level that I'm hoping to be and my goals, but yeah, I am lucky that at least people are reaching out now and really nice people, not like some people I wouldn't work with. Really, right. really good ones. Right. What are your goals then? Um, I just, I really want to go on tour. So that's a really big goal of mine and has been for a really long time. Have you ever been on tour at all? <laughs> I've never been and oh. I love performing. And so um, I think that's really what makes the music worth creating is when you perform it live and now that I'm kind of starting to create a bit of a fan base and people relate, I mean, I just want to have that moment where, you know, you see people singing your songs back and you're like, mm-hmm. well, you know. And I imagine so, you with a big following, you have people reaching out, hey, when are you coming to my city? I do, yeah. I do, yeah. So, but I want it to be like really epic because now right. I've waited long enough that I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I, I want to do it right. The right you know? way, so, yeah. So if you're listening to this, you need somebody to bring out on tour. Yeah. I'm just saying, Smika's here for you, but I it's got to be epic. Only if it's it's got to be epic, yeah. <laughs> well, let's close out on this then real quick. Like I said, you have a new album. Uh, yes. We listened to Red Ferrari. Is there another song, single that's coming out? And then what's going on in the new year? Anything planned as of now? Yeah, I do have another song um, called Never Ever. Um, and I shot a music video for it with another person who reached out just from that Nashville video and he's super great. And so, um, yeah, that's coming out the next year. I have no idea. I'm kind of in this place where I just le- are letting things happen. So Good. I couldn't tell yet. <laughs> Good. Keep putting in the work and it all happened. Exactly. Yeah. Well, go follow her on TikTok, Instagram, Samika music, S A M I C A music. She's great. Her cooking videos are great. Her music is great. <laughs> Uh, stream her. Samika, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Love this episode of the Bobbycast? Subscribe on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.